Hey, thanks for downloading Sockets and Cylinders. I'm Statman from B105 Radio with my pal Andrew Rosen from Smythe Automotive. Hello, everybody. And returning with us is Eric the Car Guy from the YouTube channel. Hello again. Uh, So great to have you back, man. We talked a lot about your videos last time, but I want to know more about Eric the Car Guy. How did you get into cars? What was your influence of uh, working on them, getting under the hood? Well... Uh, as a kid growing up, I was always taking things apart, and I didn't necessarily get them back together, but I tried. Uh, my father was uh, a mechanic, but not an auto mechanic. He actually worked in a factory on plastic molding machines for a toy company, and my mm-hmm. grandfather was a fabricator on my mother's side. So I spent a lot of time around tools, around guys that did this kind of thing, and, you know, Dad would be out playing with the car, you know, adjusting something, and I'd be handing him tools, trying to learn stuff. Uh, and then I eventually started driving my own vehicles, and, well, like a lot of people that, that get vehicles first starting out, they weren't the best vehicles. So oh, they... it was a fixer-upper. What was your first car? <laughs> a 1972 Galaxy 500. Oh, hey, that's safe. That's a boat. <laughs> uh, what was left of it? It was uh, <laughs> Dad's winter car, and that was western New York. So let's just say what was left of it is probably an apt description. However, you could still put a keg of beer in the trunk. I'm not going to really describe in detail, but it does fit. Okay. Yeah, you couldn't put it in the back seat; it'd fall through the floor. No, well, <laughs> it should have fallen through the trunk because you could see the ground from the trunk, but oh, somehow wow. held it in there, and I was grateful for that. But right. you were just young and happy to be driving. That's correct. Uh, so you know, I was always driving something that that needed some work, and I kept my stuff going. And then I I went to art school, and it was funny because. Uh, you know, once again, I'm still fixing up my own vehicles, but I started fixing up my friends' vehicles for, like, pizza and beer. So It's a good yeah. way of paying the bills. A way of paying the bills. And art school didn't pan out the way I'd hoped. Actually, I went to uh, school for special effects makeup and uh, industrial design for a little bit in there. Cause I well, was... it's because you like working with your hands. I did. I did. I really liked creating things and doing that kind of stuff. And I, I suppose auto mechanics could have derived from that. Yeah. But anyway... So uh, I couldn't. I didn't finish that school and was sort of set adrift for a while and and was just looking in the phone book for things that I could do, careers that I could get instead of, you know, I was working at Wendy's, I was working at Boston Chicken, I was doing, you know, just <laughs> the, the kind of jobs you do when you don't really have a, a degree to yeah. you up. Uh, but, you were finding yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I found myself in the phone book uh, and that uh, I could go to school. It was Rosedale Technical Institute in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I went there. It was an 18-month program. I graduated top of my class. I like to say that, but there were only like eight other guys in my class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but still, you liked it. You could tell that that's what you wanted to do with the rest of your life. I, I really focused on it. I was highly motivated at the time. My first son was born around that time. so. Uh, well, it, you had bills to pay. I had bills to pay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I needed – I was highly motivated. Let's put it that way. So I threw everything into that, and when I got out, I pretty much – actually, I had a job before I graduated at that independent shop I mentioned in the last program. Yeah, yeah. where you're working on Hondas and Acuras. Well, actually, it was uh, Bob Matthews Import and Domestic, so I was working on everything. In fact, one of the first jobs I had was a clutch on a dump truck with a PTO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and then next I'd be doing a Civic Head Gasket, so it was – All over the yard. Oh, yeah. Wow. But that's great experience for you, getting into the you know the market of fixing up cars. We also worked on the vehicles for local law enforcement as well. Oh, wow. And that's you'd think cool. that that would be a fun test drive, but everybody around you slows down. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you're a young guy driving around in a cop car 
That that must have been a little bit. Did you ever turn the lights on? Oh uh, no, no, oh. that would have gotten me fired probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess he had a contract to follow. So anyway, you went from that independent shop. You went to uh, uh, Acura dealership. Yeah, I, I moved to Cincinnati uh, and got a job at an Acura dealership. What was really cool about that, though, when I first started out was I actually was handing out paper resumes back then, but I, I had my resume printed up and I went, you know, just down one road that had a bunch of car dealerships and things. I wasn't really looking for anything in particular. I was just looking for a job. So I went out one afternoon and dropped off six, seven uh job applications by the time i got back to the house there were like four or five messages on the entry machine asking for interviews oh wow so you know just being an auto mechanic at that time it was just so great you know to go from you know being the guy begging for a job to do fries at wendy's to you know handing out a resume and i got my choice of jobs well your ambitious nature of going door to door presenting yourself in the manner that you did with your education yeah, yeah. i'd hire you well, I appreciate that, but I mean that's that's what it takes sometimes. I mean, if you really want something, you have to go after it. Yep. And and so what what different cars have you had in your garages through the years? Oh man, um, as far as things I've worked on, at least the highlights. Oh, I've worked on a lot of stuff. I didn't exactly enjoy working on French vehicles. I can say that. <laughs> I worked on a couple of Peugeots, and and that wasn't fun. Volvos are good cars. They're built like tanks. But I'm sure looking back, I mean, you know, you don't see those on the road anymore. It's got it's got a little nostalgia to it, right? What's that? The Volvos or the Peugeots? We're just working on the, on the French cars and the random imports. Yeah, the French car, just the random stuff. In fact, the first car I ever worked on was a 1972 uh, Datsun 240Z. Oh, cool. Oh. And that's one of my favorite cars to this day, and it seems <laughs> that they've gotten quite popular lately, too. I could have picked that one up for like 800 bucks back then, whereas now <laughs> I wouldn't be able to touch it. Yeah, there's a comma involved. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what's sitting in Uncle Andy's garage? Isn't that a Datsun? Um, no, it's an AMC something. Oh, no. Oh, is it? A, I, I don't remember. remember. Sorry. Either way. Yeah. I, I, well, anyway, um, but with with your cars, what before you got into your Ford Fairmont uh, project? What project did you work on before that? Um, I had a 1972 Galaxy 500. Oh, your dad's fine. car still. No, 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 no. It wasn't the first car. I've actually owned them. <laughs> okay. Uh, that first car sort of instilled this love for me into wanting to fix up and modify vehicles. In fact, I wanted to do that to my first car, but I could never afford it. So I bought another one while I was living in Pittsburgh, and I started doing stuff to it a little bit here and there. I've always been broke. So, you know, it, the, the monies and the funds really wasn't available for a quote-unquote fun car. I just needed to keep my daily driver on the road. And you needed a car in the back seat because you had a kid. Uh, there was that too. <laughs> well, the, the Galaxy has no problem with the back seat. No. In fact, uh, that's probably where the kids were. <laughs> that being, no, that was probably the Cadillac. But anyway, <laughs> the cause and solution to your problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so you know, I knew never. I've always wanted to build a car like what I did with the Fairmont, but I never really had the money or the resources to do it. And then when I finally did, after years and years, the Fairmont was a culmination of all those dreams coming together. And it just happened to be a Ford Fairmont. It was the right car at the right time, and you couldn't pass it up. Yeah, I mean, I I have a love for Camaros and Mustangs and all those kind of nice sports cars, but you know, cops look for those on the road, right? Uh-huh. And if you're driving something that's not necessarily screaming, "Hey, I'm driving fast." then uh, maybe, just maybe, you get away with a little bit more. I'm not sure. I really can't speak for that. Yeah, I think you do. I think they're looking at you going, I wonder if that old lady needs help carrying her groceries in the house when she gets home. 
yes and no. <laughs> I've been pulled over in the Fairmont, and it wasn't for speeding or anything. Uh, I was driving by Kings Island, and a policeman pulled me over and, and claimed that I didn't have a front plate on. And I was like, hang on a minute, it's over here on the left, so he just didn't see it, apparently. Oh, okay. Hmm. But I, I think it was more checking out the car because, uh, you know. Curiosity I think, got to him. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of uh, cops are, are car guys. Oh, yeah. 100%. My brother-in-law is a police officer down in Sarasota, Florida, and he's a total car nerd. Right now he's in a Jeep phase where he's working. He got a new Jeep and he's constantly t- getting it higher and getting bigger tires on it and it's yet to get it muddy. My stepbrother is the same way. He is an NYPD officer and I'm pretty sure he became an officer so he could drive. Oh, yeah. faster and get less tickets. <laughs> okay, well, so perhaps I just got pulled over out of curiosity. <laughs> I think you did, uh, and I I don't think that's going to be the last time, <laughs> sadly. I don't, mind. Mind I, I don't mind if it's for curiosity. Yeah, yeah. It's when they say things like, keep your hands on the wheel where I can see them, that's, I start getting uh, Yeah, yes, and that's when you get worried, <laughs> man. So uh, of uh, you worked on all sorts of different cars, but we haven't asked you, if, if you had an unlimited budget, what car would you... What's your dream car, I guess? I already built it. Really? The Fairmont. Ford Fairmont, the dream? Well, you said you thought about a wagon before, but you've really fallen in love with that, huh? Well, it's not just that. When you when you say unlimited budget and things, I, I want what I built. I mean, I don't want to go into it someplace and just lay down money and walk out with what somebody else came up with. I, I like building my own stuff. and that's okay. Well, if you could build, your, build it, what would it be? Well, the Fairmont. I love home. that. You are all you're living the dream. That. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I well it's the their Fairmont is a representation of of what I would drive with an unlimited budget. I mean, I, why do it otherwise, you know? Yeah. There's nothing I mean, I could go on with, you know, this car or that car and yeah, they'd be kind of cool, but once again, I want to get my hands in it. I want to be a part of it. Like the Fairmont, I've done every wire, I've done every nut, every bolt, every everything inside that vehicle is something that I made and created into what I wanted. As like I said, as opposed to walking into a dealership or handing somebody money for something that somebody already did something with. So. No, that's awesome, and it speaks to your ingenuity as well, which yeah. is which is yeah. great. Thanks. So uh, when your son starts driving, which one? I've already got one who's been driving. Oh, what kind? Oh, well. <laughs> Remember, I, I <clears throat> talked about that having to go to school and do all that stuff to motivate me. Yeah. That's right. My oldest son is actually 28, who has a son of his oh own. Oh, my gosh. Well, you look great in your videos. I'm not trying to flirt with you or nothing, but I thought you were way younger than that. Well, that and my nine-year-old grandson. Holy cow. Yeah, it, it goes quick. Trust me. Well, that uh, Fairmont's going to be going generation to generation. And if I'm not mistaken, I recall from our last conversation, you're actually working on a vehicle for one of your sons currently, right? Yes, my oldest son. I'm working on a 99 Honda Civic. And as far as kids that have their eyes on the Fairmont, well, that's actually my daughter. Oh, oh really? wow. Yeah. Y'all, you did something right there. I got daughters, too. That's, that's, that is great to hear. She's, uh, she enjoys welding also. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. You raised them right. You taught her how to weld? Yes, and that's not a good thing, but <laughs> get better. <laughs> No, that's great. I, my son's only two and a half months old at this point, so I have some time to work with him. But hopefully, that gives me plenty of time to teach him and educate him yeah. as, as he grows. Yeah, I wait on the welding till at least he's at least four. <laughs> okay. Is, is she just building anything and everything she can imagine right now? I mean, if I had that talent at that age, yeah. man, oh, roll cages in every car. 
you know, you'd think that, but it seems that kids these days, and I hate to say it that way, but kids these days have a short attention span. So when she's at the shop and she gets in the mood, she'll weld something, but it's not something she's actively seeking to do. Gotcha. gotcha. So let's put it this way. If she had to weld something, she could. There hey, you go. that speaks a lot, though, honestly. There's not a very large population of people who say, hey, I need to do this or I want to do this and just can't. I'm trying to raise, raise kids that are self-reliant. That's a that's a beautiful thing nowadays. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. So let's get back to your your YouTube page. Eric, the car guy's with us. Thank you so much for coming back for a second round. Um, what are some of the videos that you haven't shot yet that you plan on doing? Some things that uh, people have been requesting out of you. I've always wanted to do a series on electrical, basic electricity, and how it's incorporated into an automotive vehicle. Because I think I can build on that to how you know computerized sensors and work, and how computers talk to each other, which is, they do a lot of these days. Oh yeah, you and look it's at getting a... more and more as as time goes on. There's going to be no limit to that as we move forward. No, and if you look at a wiring diagram, it is very overwhelming to look at that on paper yeah. and then go, "Oh man, I got a wire from the front to the back of the car." Yeah, that would be very helpful. Well. It is it is helpful, but I think understanding the concepts of how electricity works, and mainly what I'm trying to get at is teaching people how to do voltage drop testing. Okay. Okay, especially for electronic ignition and different stuff like that. you got to pay attention to that. Well, just anything electronic works with a voltage drop. There's only a given amount of voltage that's used within the circuit, and that's going to be most likely battery voltage. So if you understand that and you understand how electricity flows through a circuit, you can pinpoint problems quite accurately and quickly with voltage drop tests, but it's something that's really rarely understood by people. It's a concept that I think you have to build from the ground up, which is why I'd like to do a series of videos starting small and then working my way up to that. Cool. That makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. And it goes back to your core values of educating your viewers and teaching them everything from the basics all the way up to some more of the advanced stuff. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for life. A quote that is close to my heart and a favorite of mine. <laughs> Eric, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for visiting with us. You know, we're looking forward to continuing to speak with you in the future. And uh, everybody, please check out Eric, Eric the Car Guy on YouTube, ericthecarguy.com. Get on there, subscribe, check it out. It's awesome. It's great content. If you're a car person and if you're not, he'll inspire you to be. You know, join us on the Sockets and Cylinders YouTube series. Uh, Continue to listen to the podcast. Thank you all for your for your listenership, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Eric.